I'm Chris Lay, the Podcast Operations Manager for Lee Enterprises, and this is Behind the Headlines. Our host, Terry Barr, is interviewing journalists from across America about the work they put into their stories and how it is making an impact in their communities and the country at large. This episode features the story behind the Statesville Record and Landmark series, Kids in the Crossfire, by reporter Ben Gibson, who was there from the start. We'll have links to the articles in the show notes, so you can check those out there. Following two separate shootings in a small North Carolina town one night, which police described as suspects firing at each other between cars, multiple children were shot and one of them, an eight-year-old, died. The town, like most, has its share of violent altercations, but this specific type of crime and type of unintended victim are rare. Understandably, it got the attention of the community. Gibson's reporting also gets emotional when he talks with families of the victims who were hurt and the one who died. The story picks up steam when police beg for anyone with information to come forward. Now, here's Terry Barr with the rest of the story from a conversation with Ben Gibson. Thanks, Chris. And I am here now with Ben Gibson. And Ben is a reporter with the Statesville Record and Landmark. And Ben, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. You know, we're talking about deadly shootings and and what it takes to cover things like this. What do you recall when you heard there had been two shootings in Statesville, a smaller town, but two shootings basically in one night? I mean, that's the thing is you kind of start to get those rumors or maybe not rumors in this case, but uh, kind of fragmented reports. I had heard that night that um, a little girl had been shot and killed. And then as you start to um, get to get there and start to talk to people, you start to get a picture of what actually happened. And it's tough because not a lot of people did want to talk because even without the, you know, criminal part of it. So, you know, somebody just got killed, a child just got killed. So it's not exactly something people just want to be excited about. So it's tough going in there and you're trying to figure out and you're trusting maybe a few people you have connections with, but you're trying to figure out what actually happened as much as anything. Cause the story essentially changes as you actually, the information actually starts to come out, whether you're talking to people or, someone else is relaying it to you. Wow. And that story definitely changed when you knew there was one shooting and then there was two shootings and both involve kids. Yes. And actually when I had got on scene the night before, they ended up arresting two people that ended up not being involved with it, but they had a legal weapon. So I'm even coming in at it at a different angle and all that at first, like, or at least not a different angle, but watching something that turned out to be unrelated they just got swept up in the fact there was this cop swarming the area but they thought that might have been involved at first but yeah it's it's hard because no one wants to talk but you have to get this extremely critical information together in a quick amount of time and you really have no room for error as much as you do in any story yeah no kidding and you're finding out as you're on the scene that the kids are basically innocent bystanders. And I hate to say it that way, but we've heard of this so much and so often that the dispute was actually between people driving by in cars. Am I understanding that right? 
Yes, in a, in a way, uh, it apparently was a personal, uh, I guess, a personal dispute. They may have been gang related, but the dispute itself was between essentially two, a couple people. It wasn't uh, directly gang activity, or at least that's what the police said at the time. And they just shot out of their car and uh, hit the kids behind uh, whoever they were shooting at, which hasn't been made public to us, at least. Um, Without getting too much into the politics of it, we, the local police department is always pretty hush-hush on information, and it's been hard to get anything out of this in particular, which I understand and respect to a certain extent, but obviously when you're trying to report this, that's a pretty big detriment. Ooh, that's tough. But the hard part was the next day because me and a local TV reporter, Dave Faraday, we ended up on scene talking to some of the family members that were there. And that was probably the hardest part of doing it because they were actually telling you exactly what had happened that night and details that I will never put in the paper or anything like that because, I mean, they're heartbreaking. I cried after uh, covering that because, I mean, maybe it's just because I'm a dad now and things like that, but you're talking to people talking about an eight-year-old being killed and another child being injured and then later another child being injured. And if you have a heart, you're going to feel something, but especially where I am in my life, it was just, I mean, I just called my wife and I broke down talking about it because I mean, it's without getting the details, you just have someone telling you exactly what happened and it's, it's hard to process that. Yeah. You know, it's real, but when you actually get that, from family and eyewitnesses. Oh yeah. Journalists have hearts too. I think sometimes people forget (laughs) that. Oh my gosh. The way I put it to someone, we cover uh, shootings like that. That's been the only real shooting like that, that I recall in my two years so far working with uh, the record landmark. Most of the other shootings have seemed to be a little bit more contained. I mean, like just, I guess two people and not something like this that, ends up sprawling out into a bigger story. But uh, the thing I've tried to explain to people is we often cover a shooting or a crime or a fire, just something where something bad has happened. And a lot of times you talk to someone or you talk to people about it, but it's still very much just work in the sense of you get the information, it's a headline, maybe someone died, but you know, maybe isn't the most tragic of circumstances, but you're often just kind of getting the after, kind of just the facts afterwards. You're not really getting details, but especially with something like this and getting all those very hard to process details, it's a lot harder to just make it work at that point. Like, I mean, you're affected by it and you're still supposed to put together your news story and all that, but it was very much a story where I, it wasn't just work. I like, it wasn't when I clocked out at the end of the day, I could just emotionally be done with it. Right. Stuff like this is harder to process when you're actually really talking to the people that have been through these things and trying not to make it any worse for them in the process. Yeah. Sometimes I've found as a, as a journalist that it almost gives a little relief to the family and the eyewitnesses to be able to talk about whoever that loved one is. And in this particular case, I'm sure they were tore up, but 
I bet they were happy that you cared enough to ask them about their child and their children. And that was the thing after we kind of got past the crime itself and talking about who Amaya Howe was, the little TikTok star and everything like that, that was something where at least it's still hard in a way, but at least you're talking about why this child was so special, why this child was loved, why even though you're talking essentially why it's so hard for the family right now, it's at least positive to be talking about why this child was so sweet and loved. Yeah. And why the other two, the other two as well. We didn't talk as much of those families because they had naturally kind of didn't want to deal with the media all that much. But obviously, Amaya Howe in particular, that was something they knew to a certain extent they were going to be talking about her. So, yeah. Hey, I want to ask, I know you mentioned, you know, shootings in general. Is this particular situation, is is this hopefully a rare case where you're working in North Carolina, you know, to have to report on children involved in a deadly shooting? I believe so. We've had, we've had other incidents with children, but not a shooting like this. This was something where clearly a different crime had caught up two children, three children that had nothing to do with it other than being, unfortunately, in the wrong place. It's a relatively small, moderately medium-sized town. So thankfully, things like this are rare, but hopefully I won't be reporting on this anytime soon, and I don't anticipate to, but things like this are bound to happen again at some point. But we are a smaller town, so this was one reason why I think it got the traction as a story it did, because people don't think it's going to happen in Statesville, but it very well can. Yeah. Well, I I also read in your story that police were begging people and eyewitnesses to come forward. What happened after they begged for people to, to come out and talk about this? From what the police department said, no one really told them anything that they had to. I think that the information they got was mainly through the suspects they talked to because, I mean, maybe that's them doing their own PR, but they essentially said there wasn't really a source of information from the community that came to them. But obviously, maybe they are protecting their own source in a way doing that because Even people that had said at times that they wanted people to come out and say something did that with a little bit of trepidation if they lived in the community because it's a real possibility that they could become a target. And uh, it's easy to understand that when, you know, three kids have been shot and one killed, having nothing to do with something because these people involved didn't care about what was going on around them. You know, you really... You're credited in many ways for helping keep this story alive and out there. And, and we know that it had more than 20,000 page views. And I guess, what do you think that says, or, or I, don't, I don't really want to talk about feelings, but you know, how, how does that show that people are interested in this and want to keep up on the topic? I think especially for a town like Statesville, it's, it's just particularly shocking. When I've lived at least near bigger areas, a shooting like this would get reported, but probably not be a story that defined the year um, when it comes to the end of the year, unfortunately, just because bigger places, more crimes, more things happening. 
I think it shocked a lot of people, both how it happened and just how it kind of exposed all the problems that lead up to it. Like, obviously, the six people that were arrested and anyone else involved made their own personal decisions that, you know, they're, if they did something criminal, that's a decision they made. But it also exposed a lot of the facts that that part of town is a more economically disadvantaged part of town. And I mean, that's the thing, too, is I had not really been to that neighborhood before because it's only houses. There's maybe a business or two there, and it's just not a part of town you're going to be in unless you live there for the most part. So that also just makes it more difficult to report. And it's also, I think for people, they have these conceptions of what that part of town is like. So like I said, it was tough because it exposed a lot of things that maybe people thought or didn't know or ignorant about, but just you could talk about the economic conditions that, you know, make a place like that, like it is. Like I said, people make decisions that they're responsible for but it's pretty under, understood that this part of town has a problem and it's got a lot to do with how it's been treated for years and a bunch of factors that never will excuse the crime itself, but you kind of understand how something happens when a place is neglected. And I don't know how often the police patrol that part of town or anything like that. It's the story should always be about Amaya Howe and the two other kids, but it's always exposes something much bigger than the incident itself. Yeah, absolutely. And so obviously you mentioned suspects. Police finally caught up with the suspects and still, I guess, are basically not really revealing exactly how they figured all this out. But um, where does this go from here, knowing that the suspects are behind bars? So far, there's been some preliminary court things just mainly, I guess, just the uh, the smaller nuts and bolts things of pretrial things. We should hopefully begin to see some actual courtroom things later this year. Obviously, I'll be following up on that. The story is kind of in a holding pattern until then, because as we've talked about, not a lot of people have been talking. The police obviously don't want to say anything. And at some point, I'm sure we'll learn more about this, and maybe there's more than what's publicly been said so far, but it's a matter of time before we find out. There were six people arrested. Obviously, only one or two of them probably were shooters, so you just have to wonder how the charges are going to shake out and who actually was directly involved and who was just in the car or in the area. So there's a lot of pieces we still have to put together, and as I said, it's hard because Nobody really wants to talk. I guess moving forward, uh, we've talked about the idea of shootings and, you know, just shootings in general seem to to be up all across the country. I am in the Madison area right now. We had four shootings last night. You know, you just you kind of hate to see that happen when as you a journalist, it's still your home, too. So you care about your stories. And I, I just want to say I'm grateful to you for your diligence on this and staying on it and getting people to read it because it's really important. Well, I'm hoping in some way it sparks change because obviously city leaders pledged that things would change and all that. But unless you tackle some of the bigger issues that are beyond crime and crime prevention, 
things like this will fester. Obviously, it's still pretty exceptional, and I doubt I'll see it again for a while in this town. But unless you address those, it will happen again. Um, one thing that sticks with me, even though the police department doesn't always want to talk to us about everything, but one thing that Police Chief David Addison said when I first talked to him and just a get-to-know-each-other meeting was, we can only do so much to prevent crime. You have to go after issues in the community so that the police don't need to be there. And I think that's part of what you hope maybe changes or is addressed in some way so that something like this doesn't happen again. But it's easy to be pretty cynical about the chances of people really wanting to change things because change is hard. It requires effort. It requires money. And it requires just a lot of work. Well, with more coverage from you ahead, maybe some of that will help lead a little bit of that change forward. I know it's so easy when a headline is no longer a headline, but when court cases start again, and this one seems to have everyone's attention, maybe something can happen from that. I mean, I, we, we can only hope. I know. What a pleasure to talk to you, Ben. And thank you for making the difference you are as a journalist. It's really important. I appreciate you having me on. And uh, hopefully if we get the chance to talk about in the future, hopefully something has changed. I would love to do a follow-up with you and find that out. Definitely. This is uh, Ben Gibson and Ben is with the Statesville Record and Landmark that is in North Carolina. Ben, thank you again on behalf of Behind the Headlines. We are thrilled to be able to feature you and this important story. Thank you, Terry. As you heard, Ben continues his efforts to focus the spotlight on a case that's really hit the community hard. His coverage will continue as well, as suspects have been arrested and will be in court throughout 2022. We'll include links to articles from the Statesville Record and Landmark in the show notes, and if you appreciate what we're doing with this program, we encourage you to invest in local journalism and support the Statesville Record and Landmark, or whatever newspaper serves your community. It's the work of local reporters that makes shows like this and so many others you enjoy possible. I'm Chris Lay, and for Terry and myself, thank you so much for listening to Behind the Headlines from Lee Enterprises.